Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Preview Review, Special Movie Edition. What makes these movies special? Well, you're just going to have to listen to find out. I'm Tyler Ellison, here as always with my co-host, Ryan Toon. Hello, reporting in live from Studio 6H. This is where all the breaking movie news is found, and today we are going to cover it all. All of the essential updates about some of the most hotly anticipated movies of the December slash early 2023 season. Wouldn't you agree? You could say winter. Well, I guess that's what's what, that's what winter is, but we live in Southern California, and so I have no perception of seasons. Well, I know it's winter when the new Weezer EP comes out and it hasn't come out yet. I know it's winter when I sometimes wake up and I'm like, hmm, maybe a long sleeve shirt will do today. Hmm, maybe I need to wear something other than a t-shirt because everyone will see my nips. Sorry to all our, our fans and listeners in the other portions of the United States where you have to face uh, temperatures... What, like below 40? I couldn't even fathom. We don't even get that low here. Couldn't even believe it. I mean, I, I'm going on tour, Tyler. Couldn't it's time mean... to announce it. You're going on tour? Yeah, just me. No. <laughs> Independent <laughs> tour. I see. Yes, if you want to see us live, well, at least half of us, and you live in New York City. Wow. I'll be there this Christmas season. That's big. Bring in preview review to the East Coast. If you want to see see Ryan live, not like doing a show or anything, just see him in real life. And you You can find him in New York for one week only. It's like knives out. I love it. A limited (laughs) engagement. Maybe I'll go to like the AMC in New York City that I always see people post about. (laughs) And like watch Babylon early because it'll be like one of those movies that's in limited release. Yeah. That's fair. But probably not, because I'll probably be doing other New York things. Well, best of luck to you. Yes, I'm going on on tour. Yeah. Yes, I'll send you a postcard. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, Next time... Our show budget could only afford for one of us to travel, so... Yes. Ryan's the delegate, and he will report live. Ooh, I should... Well, maybe not live. He'll he'll report... What's the opposite of live? Recorded. Delayed. Oh. Um, We should... uh, We should make some stickers and i'll put them all around new york city Ooh, like drop cards yes <laughs> remember when those were things yes littering in the name of marketing <laughs> or uh it could be like um in spider verse when he puts his tag on the name tags Ooh, okay and all you have to do is learn, learn how to spray paint the qr code that takes oh, people God. to our link tree it's like a very painstaking process we can get you like a stencil or something oh, okay if there's a stencil yeah. okay <laughs> Do they let you take a... But it's like a little off and then you scan it and it takes you like the Chili's online menu. <laughs> Ooh, still just as good. Uh, Is it though? Do they let you take uh, spray paint cans onto an airplane? I don't think so. I think that's like probably one of their biggest fears. <laughs> Not the spray it's paint. It's like hijacking and then spray paint. Like it's right below it. And then right below that, uh, too much toothpaste. <laughs> Can't bring that. Too much. Sorry. Illegal volume of shampoo. <laughs> Arrest this man. Well, uh, let's jump into uh, at least discussing which trailers we're going to cover on today's episode. Before the tour. We've got Babylon. We've got Avatar The Way of Water. We've got Megan. Or M. Thregan. That's M. Thregan. <laughs> Technical. And finally, Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Of course, you know, hotly anticipated animated release here. I'm actually hotly anticipating um, that animated release right here. But first, before we jump into talking about those movies, we do have to go to our recurring segment where Ryan tells us about movies that we previously previewed that he has seen and what he thinks about them. It's time for our Ryan's Review Roundup. 
Ryan's Review Roundup is brought to you by <laughs> this theme song. After these messages. <laughs> Ooh, this is where we enter ad breaks. We're finally sponsored by no one. Just find some, like, random bodega <clears throat> in New York City that's like, hey, if you let me, like, have this pack of gum for free, we'll shut you out on our podcast. Perfect. This segment of the podcast, Ryan's Review Roundup, is brought to you by insert random bodega here <laughs> Ju- juicy fruit sponsor Wait. happy time deli and liquor Ooh, happy time <laughs> well anyway uh, enough of that uh play the theme music i guess ryan's review roundup couldn't have done it without you jake's deli um what did I see? What did I hear? Uh, what did I watch? Uh, I saw Bones and All, the the new film from what's his Luca? What's the what's his Guadagnino? Guadagnino. Thank you. Um, the rom the romance horror coming of age movie that we talked about last time, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, hmm. Tyler, do the people need to know about my experience with this film? Oh, I feel like they do. Okay. Um, usually, I don't go into the the mindset or the physical locale of where I was when I review round up these movies, but this one was extra special. It was the first time. See, I told you this was an extra special episode. First time in a while that I had been to an AMC <laughs> on a Tuesday and foolish me forgot of the, the infamous deal they have on Tuesdays. Discount Tuesdays at AMC brings about the most reckless cinema going crowd I've ever encountered in my life. And this well, was I wasn't one of those this experience, times. but it's a it's a common thread. So I go to the AMC. There are children running around the lobby, running in the bathrooms. They had to juke out of my way when I was just trying to wash my hands. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just gonna get an icy and sit down. I sit in my theater seat, and I just hear like a water fountain rushing. Like it was like I was next to a babbling brook this whole time. I look up. Five ceiling panels are missing from the ceiling, and uh, maybe, like, the AC was rushing, and I could hear the water. Maybe there was a leak earlier, and that's why the ceiling tires were missing. I don't know, but the water did not stop the entire time. You just have to learn to live with it. So it's like the entirety of Bones and All was taking place, like... Next to a Babylon On the banks of a Russian river. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, there were times when the movie was silent, but it was not silent in the theater. (laughs) And you think that would be it, but no. During the trailers, the most sacred time of any movie-going experience, Absolutely. a man comes in and walks up to another man right in front of me and says, Excuse me, is that your phone sitting in your cup holder? And the man says, Yes. And the other man says, Oh, sorry, I lost my phone. I was just in here watching Black Adam and I need to find it. So he's walking around throughout the entire theater, going in between each row. Disturbance. Yes. All while the trailers are going, he finally brings in another like AMC employee to come the help him The cleaning crew probably found it, and you got to go to guest relations. Everybody knows this. But the, the man SMH. had the worker literally lift up seats so he could look under them. That's what he could do. But he had to have the nice AMC touch. Sir, if you're listening, I don't mean to offend you, but you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and then... He brought his wife, and his wife was calling his phone. Wow. But obviously it wouldn't ring because he was a very respectful movie You put your girl. phone on silent during the theater yes. experience, obviously. But 
he still had hope. The one trailer ended, and you know there's like those two seconds of silence in between trailers. He he also says, "What? Quick, quick, call it now!" While there's no music playing. <laughs> he never found the phone. But Shame. then, this movie is not for everyone. I'll maybe I'll touch upon this on the actual review part. Um, it is a movie about cannibals. Uh, about twenty minutes in, people in the front row get up and leave. Understandable, but like. If you saw Did the, you see trailer, the trailer, maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just like Discount Tuesday and they're like, whatever, I'm here at this time. So, okay, fine. But then about like maybe 45 minutes or an hour into the movie, this guy that's like maybe four seats away from me, openly drinking a beer can, which like, I guess you can have at AMC. They have MacGuffins. They sell alcohol there. But I think he like snuck in a PBR because I saw some PBRs outside of the theater afterwards. Um, and he watches as... The first scene of, like, them actually eating human flesh plays. He gets up and he goes, obviously drunk. Oh, this is the worst. And he, like, everyone's like, shh, stop. And he's like, don't tell me to be quiet. And he throws his beer can, uh, like, four rows through the theater. And he goes, peace out, sickos. And he leaves. And then he comes back and he goes, actually, I'm going to pick up my beer can. <laughs> and he goes and picks up his trash. And then leaves. Um, other than that, not really much interruptions. Ooh. I mean, other people left. It sounds like you were verbally harassed. <laughs> the whole you were a sicko. But if you're a sicko like me, you might enjoy this film. <laughs> um, I really appreciated For the way only. that it weaved, like, threaded the needle between, like, gross-out horror and also, like, touching, like, coming-of-age romance. And also, like, multiple other themes that were placed into it about, like, learning about who you are and your identity as you grow up and how that relates to the world around you and your family members that I think can really speak to almost any audience. If you can get past some of the more sickening parts mm, of was the it like plot. an allegory where like, instead of eating human flesh, it's like, I'm gay. That's part of it actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is like one scene, like minor spoilers, uh, where like Timothy Chalamet, like goes home to like see his sister and she calls him the F slur because of like a shirt he's wearing and he's never seen wearing that shirt again. Because wow. he's insecure. But there are Internalized also... Internalized homophobia. Yes. There are also other scenes where, like, male characters will be, like, intrigued by other male characters. And female characters will be intrigued by other female characters. Mm. So, that is part of the movie. Um, But that part is not why you would be called a sicko for watching this movie. No, no, no. Well, at least not. not in our part of the country. Well. Um, it's the cannibalism that will get you called yeah. a sicko. Yeah. Um, anyway, even... After that total crazy experience, I still really enjoyed the film, um, and I would recommend it. Uh, I also saw The Menu, a different film about eating. Uh, this movie, I had a pretty decent theater experience. I'm not going to mention the theater experience going forward anymore, because it was pretty standard. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie as well. The performances from Ray Fiennes and... Um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy, thank you. Uh, they were standouts, really great. Um, abiding satire and like consistently funny. So... Overall, if you've seen the trailer and you think like it'll be a good time, you'll probably enjoy it. Uh, last, uh, I saw Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery during its limited theatrical run, and I had such a blast with this movie. Uh, grinning from ear to ear the entire time, I loved seeing more of Benoit Blanc as he becomes more of the central character in this movie, and I loved watching the mystery unravel uh, as we learn more and more about these characters and about the events happening. Uh, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but I really liked it and it'll be on Netflix in a month and you can watch it and 
I mean, that's the easiest thing to do is just put on a movie at Christmas time. Uh, Tyler, you also saw Glass Onion. Uh, what'd you think of that? I fucking loved Glass Onion. I mean, Knives Out has a very special place in my heart, but I thought Glass Onion was probably just as good in, like, a different way. You know, it's definitely a different vibe of the movie. Like, we had mentioned, like, a little bit more of, like, this, like, chaotic summer tone than, like, this, like, intensity of, like, a, like, cozy fall mystery. Like, they're very aesthetically different, but the style of writing, the dialogue, the interplay between characters, all of that feels super uh, similar. Ryan Johnson's dialogue and, like, clever just story writing in general, how he pieces together the different elements of mystery and unravels the story um, are super on point as always. And I will mention the theater experience for this because it was such a blast to watch this in a packed house and like hear the collective like gasps as things were like revealed um, throughout the story. And I think this is like part of my biggest disappointment that the Netflix machine like acquired this sequel and the next Knives Out sequel and they're just going to go to streaming and have such a limited like theatrical release because I think people deserve to be able to watch this in theaters like I wish I could go again to watch it in theaters um and I think it's kind of a bummer that folks are gonna have to just stream it in their homes if they missed out um but with that being said I guess like be on the lookout because I think if we ever have the chance to see it in theaters again uh people would really will really really enjoy it and uh, I would recommend it but I think people will still enjoy it seeing it at home I just think it adds a little bit of a you know, more fun vibe when you're there, like, seeing the mystery uh, untangle itself with everybody else. And, like, that collective joy is, like, so fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, like, way back in the day when we used to do, like, uh, opening questions, one of our questions was, like, what is one streaming movie you wished you would have seen in theaters, like, or wish would have had a theatrical run? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think this is a good answer because we were able to see it and it's a streaming movie. Totally. But, I mean, we can answer that question again. If you want to, do you have a do you have any movies that come to the top of your mind? Ooh, like for maybe from like the past couple of years since we've asked that's that question. That's a really good question. I have I have to go think like what big movies that I've seen on streaming. I guess a couple big streaming movies that I've seen this year are like the romantic comedy I Want You Back. I thought Ooh, was really good. That is very good. I don't know if like rom com doesn't feel like the type of genre that like you have to see this in theaters, but I thought it was very solid and I think it would have done well in theaters, especially when you look at like kind of the way that romantic comedies don't always do well in theaters and like the ones that do go to theaters tend to get like kind of panned uh shout out ticket to paradise um Ooh, that movie wasn't <laughs> but i think one that pops to mind too is a, a horror movie that came out this year called fresh that went to hulu oh. i thought would have been a really fun watch oh, in theaters a... that was another movie that was like had a very significant like uh tonal shift like about a third of the way into the movie and I think, like, those are the instances that make me think, like, this would have been fun to watch with a crowd. Because, like, the moment a movie kind of, like, turns on its head, you get the excitement of the crowd rolling. And then you're, like, super bought in for the rest of the time. And just to hear, like, kind of... I mean, no one's... Like, it's kind of hard in the theater because no one's reacting, like, as loud as they would, like, at home. Like, yelling at the screen, at least not normally. But it's fun to, like, feel the collective, like, environment and, like, ambiance shift when, like, everyone's, like getting on edge to find out like what's going to happen next mm -hmm. or like why did this like character just do this thing yeah uh, that's super unexpected uh -huh. um some movies that i think would have been a great theatrical experience uh i think tick tick boom would have been really fun like especially like if they brought it back and like maybe like you know sing along version <laughs> like do that for some theatrical like musical i saw frozen sing along version in theaters i'm See? not ashamed fun. uh or a movie this year that 
I mean, got like maybe a one night theatrical release was Prey. And oh, the yeah. people coming out of that movie, like we were at the theater the same night that like those people got to see the movie in theaters and they seemed like they had a blast and that's a fun movie. So that would have been a cool theatrical experience. But I mean, I'm glad I've seen both of those films, but maybe it would have been a little better if they were in a theater. Yeah, for sure. But Tyler, did you know every movie we're talking about tonight is going to be in a theater? Oh, wow. Yeah. We don't have any exclusive streaming like stuff. No, no, no. Wow. That's big. I don't know if we've had that in a while. We always have these, like... Or it's like the Halloween kills where, like, it's going to go to theaters, but it's also going to be, like, on, on Peacock. Peacock. Like, even the same time uh, Honk for Jesus did that to us. Yeah, like, we couldn't even true. get a whole episode about, like, the, like, you know, mega church pastor. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, eh, it's going to Peacock. But the first movie going straight to theaters. The first one ever? Yes, ever. <laughs> They've always gone simultaneously on Peacock at the same Since the time. the invention of cinema. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time we've really even seen a movie without Peacock and, like, to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, this is for all you non-Peacock subscribers. This movie is Babylon, directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, known for films Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. It comes out uh, in limited release on December 23rd and then a wider release in January. Uh, it stars Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, uh, Diego Calva, Gene Smart... Joven Adepo, Lee Jun Lee, and Tobey Maguire. And this movie looks like it's an homage to old Hollywood, like, but also mix it with The Great Gatsby. And I'm not just saying that because Tobey Maguire is in it, too. Uh, but it looks like uh, the life of an actor, like, La La Land was the aspiring actor in modern times. Uh, Babylon is, the, like, maybe washed up actor in, like, what, the 1930s? 30s-ish? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like crazy cocaine field parties while also like working on these big sword and sandal, like huge epic movies uh, with movie stars like from our era playing movie stars from the past, I guess, like Brad Pitt, uh, who's constantly drunk or high in this trailer. Same with Margot Robbie, who just is reckless beyond all belief. Uh, meanwhile, newcomer Diego Calva is just struggling to survive in this crazy world of movie business. Yeah, Tobey Maguire looks like he's playing the, like, CD like, producer or, like, some kind of, like, you know, industry businessman that, like, is maybe doing something that's against people's uh, best self-interest. I mean, there's he's a, trying to make a is profit he the one who, like, owns the alligator? He's like, well, you haven't heard the twist yet or whatever, you know. He also, like... In if the... there's somebody with a southern accent in a Hollywood movie, you know they're going to be the villain because that's... It's always, like, Hollywood versus the heartland. That's how they pit, you know... Mm. The stereotypes against each other. Yeah. That's why there's such uh, divisive political discourse in our country now. That's actually the only reason. Yeah. I mean, Vengeance from B.J. Novak <laughs> tried to like flip that on its head a little bit. Because there are so many people with mm -hmm. southern accents you couldn't find the real villain until it was too late. Yeah. Honestly, it's pretty easy to figure it out. But it's still a fun movie. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. Is it Ashton Kutcher? Yes. Okay, there we go. Spoilers. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> in the trailer. <laughs> You should watch it, though. It's really good. It's on yeah. Peacock, oh, funnily enough. Now, sorry. This is the anti-Peacock episode. <laughs> I don't have Peacock, though. I'm going to watch it. I just can't say it on the podcast because it's the anti-Peacock episode. Yeah, we're not sponsored by Peacock. We're sponsored by <laughs> Joe's Deli. Paramount Plus. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Joe's Deli. <laughs> the, the slush streaming service of Joe's Deli is, uh, like, season... 38 of Naked and Afraid or some random Netflix show that they'll always have like playing on a TV oh, in a convenience store. Our friend store. Ian uh, like works at a little deli <laughs> and they always have some random streaming thing on. He said that like that's how he watched Cars 2. <laughs> what did I? 
where was I? I went to I got, grabbed lunch the other day and they just had like WandaVision playing on the TV. It's like <laughs> episode four of WandaVision, and I was like entranced because it's a great episode. But I was like, why is this on the sh- on TV right now? And like, why would you start like a six episode miniseries? Like that's not even get you through like one shift. Nine episodes. Oh, nine episodes. Whatever. You got you got. Well, maybe their shifts are short at delis. Yeah, I know. You know, you're not a random. full-time worker. But anyway, back to Babylon. What do you think about this oh, let's trailer? let's Babylon about Babylon. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, I had to do it. Um, yeah, obviously, I mean, because it has Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie in it, it's hard not to draw the parallels between this and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, that was, like, a very, like, era-specific, like, period piece about Hollywood. Um, but that one relied a little bit more on, like, us kind of understanding, like, who Sharon Tate was and, like... Obviously, like, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's characters were kind of fabrications, but they revolved around this, like, set of familiar characters like Bruce Lee and then, like, the whole Manson gang piece. And we don't really have that, or at least not to my knowledge, because I don't think I know this period. Like, I don't know this period of people well enough for me to be like, oh, that's, like, Agatha Crumsey, like, the first, like, female studio. Like, I don't know those people, like, off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I'm a bad film nerd, whatever. But um, mm-hmm. ultimately, like, you just kind of get the vibe of, like, who these people were. Like, really, f- one of the first famous actors, up-and-coming actor, up-and-coming, like, worker in the industry just trying to, like, get a hold on, like, what is happening with all this, like, these chaotic parties and film shoots and all of this stuff. Um, but it looks really fun and really, like, frenetic and chaotic. Um, Fast-paced. And I think that that's one of the things that Damien Chazelle does well. I mean, La La Land had this, like air of very like simple elegance but also like there was a lot of scenes like in that movie that had a a lot of like very tightly choreographed like cinematography and choreography on top of that like i think specifically of like um what's the number that takes place at the house party where like people are falling in the pool like there's lots Mm. of tight camera movement and like lots of different like has to be perfectly timed with all these choreography pieces i think damien chazelle is like truly one of the best like modern musical uh, directors because of the way that he marries like on camera dialogue and mo- motion with music. Um, he does that very well, obviously in La La Land, which is a musical, but also in a movie like Whiplash, which is just like a movie about music, but isn't necessarily a musical. And so I love the way that he marries like the musical elements of a film with also the like standard narrative elements of a film. I think he does that really well. And I'm excited to see uh, how that, transmits in Babylon because the soundtrack and the score are such a big part of the trailer already. You see like Mm -hmm. this live jazz band and these like tight close-ups of the drums and the saxophone blaring and it like adds to these elements of chaos and uh, sort of this like excess that I think just like amplifies that energy of the movie. And also speaking of excess, this movie's supposed to be like three something hours long. Oh really? Um, So it's like this like epic of old Hollywood proportions kind of thing. Yeah, and you bring up his other films, Whiplash and La La Land, and even in this trailer, you can tell this man loves jazz, and it's this is like kind of a return to form from him, from like yeah. his weird soiree into like Neil Armstrong. It biopic. was like First Man was like First Man to me. I haven't seen it yet, so like when I say I love I love Damien Chazelle, I mean I love Whiplash and La La Land. Um, he also has a movie before Whiplash. First Man that I've never feels heard of. like a movie to me where like a studio wanted to make this and was like, "Who's a big up and coming director? This guy, okay." And they didn't really like care that the script didn't meet like what he normally does with his movies but this does feel like like you could draw a straight line between whiplash to la la land to babylon like that makes a lot of sense and you can tell that damien chazelle he loves jazz and he loves hollywood whiplash is about jazz la la land's about hollywood babylon is about both (laughs) 
I'm guessing. And First Man is about neither. Seems like it. Yeah, exactly. But it does have a good uh, performance from Nev Campbell. Oh, shout out Cindy Prescott. Mm-hmm. She plays a his wife, the first woman. His wife. Oh, well. If if Neil Armstrong was the president, <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't. Um. Anyway, this movie looks crazy and chaotic. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. It could go either way. It could be a big jumbled up mess, but it looks pretty. Or it could be like, wow, I don't know how you found the nuggets in this chaos that make a perfect movie. Yeah. If I had to guess, this is kind of reminding me of like, it reminds me a little bit of like, it's like a foil to Amsterdam. Like Amsterdam was like, they tried to do this whole trailer where it was like amping up like all of these ensemble actors and like, what's the core mystery between these people? And then the movie came out and people were like, eh, it's slow and it's boring. And if I look at Babylon, it's like, again, this like ensemble cast, these are characters we love, but like the energy gives you like, this is literally going to be anything but boring. Like it might not make sense. It might be too much, but you're going to have a good time, (laughs) which I think is like, that's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. That's Babylon. That's Babylon. But, uh, another movie full of excess. This also might be Hollywood baby. If I'm going to be honest, this it's, next film. It's excessive, just like Babylon, a three-hour-plus runtime. <laughs> oh, so many parallels. Uh, there's so much. The first, Babylon has a lot of jazz. This one has a lot of uh, water. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know where you are going. CGI? Yeah. Motion capture? Uh, this movie is Avatar, The Way of Water, directed by James Cameron, who did, of course, the first Avatar movie, uh, Terminator 1 and 2, Aliens, True Lies... Uh, this man... Titanic! Oh, yeah, Titanic. This man doesn't miss. <laughs> he don't miss! <laughs> he don't fucking miss. It's his first movie since 2009's Avatar, and this movie comes out on December 16th, 2022, starring... Crazy hiatus. Uh, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Kate Winslet, and, you know, every, Kate you know... Kate Winslet's back in a Cameron movie. I mean, so is Sigourney this Weaver. This about to go wild. Well, yeah, but she was also in the first Avatar. But Sigourney Weaver dies in Avatar 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver's playing this, like, de-aged, teenage, like, Navi Navi. uh, character, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting. Uh, So, Tyler, what is this trailer? Like, what what goes on in this trailer? What's it about? Okay, well, as we can see from this trailer, there, it seems like the central conflict is between, like, two different, like, clans of Navi. Like, the Navi that we met in the first Avatar movie were, like, as we saw, like, kind of, like, jungle mountain dwellers. They flew on, like, the flying creatures and for some reason they're like the seeking mighty help. Yes. They're seeking help from this like these like beach and sea dwelling clan of Navi. So they look similar except like one is a lighter shade of blue and so we've got a little bit of like dare I say colorism? Colorism conflict uh between these two different like groups of the Navi species. But of course they have to unite to fight the larger and more significant like technologically advanced enemy the white man the aka the u.s military um or whatever like like you know the people that were like colonizing the planet or whatever well, they the were movie. like the u.s military but they're also like scientists and like politicians yeah. and so we've got the interesting thing is i think we're following sam worthington's character as he's like raising a family yeah it looks like years have passed as 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 a navi like he has not well yeah he like, left you know at he, the end of like, that one he, like, he leaves his body he exactly doesn't go back and so the interesting thing is i don't really see a ton of like avataring in this trailer like we don't see like oh the first movie relied a lot on like this was the premise was like 
we are people going into the bodies of these Navi to like learn more about their culture. We don't see as much of that, but I wonder how big of a role it will play or if it's more now just about like the meeting of these two cultures and how they'll overcome their differences and kind of unite to like protect what are their like customs and culture and land and all of that stuff. Way of life. Um, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't think there will be much going back and forth between human bodies and Avatar Navis, uh, but like they couldn't just call this movie like the wet pandora no no, no. Right? they don't have to i'm not saying it should have changed the title i'm just saying like that was like one of the biggest that was the MacGuffin of the first film was like we developed this technology that's going to allow us to get closer to them and that's like what allowed him what allowed sam worthington's character to like see and get so close to them was like he lived like one of them um i think that you don't have that relationship without that technology having existed in the first movie um but there are still a lot of parallels that I've been seeing in this trailer to the first movie. Like, uh, there's a scene in this newest trailer where he, like, is getting on this new creature that's, like, a water creature. And the way he, like, grabs the reins are, like, very similarly shot to the way he first grabs the, yeah, absolutely. like, Banshee's reins. Well, it's once again putting, like, rather than it being the humans that have gone through this Avatar technology to encounter a new culture, it is now, like, this whole other Navi subculture being introduced to a new, like way of living and customs around the sea like they're doing like you know rituals in the water and like things that we never saw from that first like Mm -hmm. which is also cool like i just think from a world building perspective from james cameron like you see the first avatar and you think okay that's how those alien people live you don't think like this is one subgroup of a collective people Mm -hmm. on a planet that might be like multiple subcultures like how people in Colorado live differently from people in San Diego or yeah. whatever, you know? And, like, that's a thing you don't see a lot in sci-fi. Like, in Star Trek or Star Wars, like, they'll show up to a planet and they'll meet, like, a group of people. Everybody on the planet that they meet is the same kind of person. Except for, like, Naboo. Yeah. But, like, that's the cool thing about that planet. But this planet feels more fleshed out and real because it's like, oh, if you just go a little further west, you're going to find the water Navi. Yeah, totally. You know? Um, also, And it's Avatar, so we had, they flew in the air and those are the wild people. And now we're going to get, you know, in the next movie, the fire navi right i think the third one is called is the towards? seed bearer oh so it's about the gardening the earth navi. nah jism oh okay um but we can't not talk about how beautiful these trailers look and the score just accentuating like the feelings of like serenity of like seeing these people that look like real but you know they're not because navi don't exist yeah like swimming around with like giant whale alien creatures and like some of the like prettiest underwater shots i've ever seen and i've just seen the trailer yeah i will say that like a trailer for a movie has never like changed my opinion of a movie's existence so much as the trailer for avatar the way of water because i feel like we all heard like james cameron doing two new avatar sequels like it's happening like they're coming out almost 20 years after the original like we're like, okay, like, give it a rest, James. You should have done something different with your time. Like, why are, why are you spending billions of dollars on this movie when it's, like, that time has passed? Like, sure, Avatar made a lot of money, but that was, like, a product of its time when, like, CG and motion capture was super big, 3D was super big. Like, that's why it made money. Like, why are we investing so much in this new movie? And then I saw the first trailer for this, and I was like, this is fucking gorgeous. I'm so excited to see three hours of these, like, shots on screen because James Cameron is, like a master director specifically of this like hybrid like real life like shooting in actual water tanks plus doing the motion capture and cgi on top of that like he captures such pure and like realistic emotion and performances through the motion capture 
that I feel like is hard to do. Like, not a lot of directors do that. You can do CG and motion capture characters, but oftentimes they struggle, like, conveying, like, the types of emotions that you see in Sam Worthington's face and Zoe Saldana's face in this trailer alone are, like, they're actually acting through the motion capture, not just, like, using motion capture to, like, portray a character. You know what I mean? Um, And thank God for this movie, or else Sam Worthington would be out of a job. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But, I don't know. James Cameron just is like, yeah, you all think that that it only made money because it was in 3D or because it was a spectacle. But no, I'm going to, like, remind you that it was actually, like, a great movie and there's a reason people, like, went back to see it over and over again. Yeah, and it's a technical masterpiece. And, of course, like, people, like, in post have been like, do you remember anything about Avatar? It's just kind of the same plotline as Pocahontas. Like, blah, 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 blah. I read something earlier, actually, that said James Cameron wanted to make Avatar 1 in 99. Oh, my gosh. Um, because he was inspired by Disney's Pocahontas. Yeah. And but of, the technology wasn't there, so he said, okay, 2009. And of course, like, yes, there are similar similar beats, but like... When mythology- in Pocahontas does a man in a giant mech suit fall out of a, like, Well, of course, airship. there's, like, added, like, lore exactly. and I'm sci-fi. With you. But yeah. there's also, like, there's a reason that stories get retold in mythology and, like, there are, like, you can watch, like, a dozen sitcoms that have a similar, like... It's a Wonderful Life-esque episode. Like, good stories, like, take foothold in our culture, and they get retold with, like, different elements and different, like, uh, in different settings and things like that. And I think that is the beauty of Avatar, is it's telling a universally true and um, heartfelt story and something that's meaningful, super meaningful, especially in a world where we have such, like, cross-culture, like, division and, um, like, affiliations that are challenging uh, to, like, overcome when we're, like, trying to have a unified human experience. I think this is the particularly the time where we want to see, like, a new revamped story that's about, like, finding unity, finding love, finding wholeness um, amongst a people um, in the name of, like, protecting what is, like, precious. Um, and I think that's what's, like, really cool that J- James Cameron brings these technical, like, achievements to, like, a very grounded and, like, applicable story that you don't have to be like a deep sci-fi head to like it's not dune you know what i mean you don't have to like care a lot about investing in like the navi lore but if you want to you can oh you gotta go disney world well, you don't even have to. <laughs> tyler do you think this film will civico <laughs> what civico is the navi word for rise to the challenge oh i why would i know that why wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna take the like duolingo uh navi, navi course online that's crazy um, too did you know the language of navi is called navi so it's like if the human language was just called human, human. yeah i guess it makes sense like the english like people came from england yeah right? and we call it english but crazy uh, <laughs> yeah wild <laughs> oh did you hear one last thing before we move on uh what james cameron recently said about the runtime of this movie and bathroom breaks no so basically james cameron was asked in an interview like hey this movie's like over three hours long like do you have a good time that you would recommend to go to the bathroom and james cameron like smug motherfucker that he is says anytime you can go to the bathroom anytime i don't care i know you'll be back to see it again oh my gosh wow that's fucking baller (laughs) i'm obsessed i truly i'm a huge fan of that man i've also been seeing a lot of stuff online recently about like how he's so beloved within the industry particularly because he like comes from a a background where he like worked in different jobs on Mm -hmm. film sets not just like becoming like a writer and a director like out of the gate but like he worked like yeah industry jobs um on set like he did the matte paintings oh in escape from new york 
that's which fun. is super crazy like that he was involved in in that type of like film production at that level and i think that's why people admire him and i think that's why he has like such an acute like grasp of what it takes on a technical side to make his movies possible it's not just some director saying like and then we're gonna do this and this and this and then all the animators and like industry professionals are like uh okay dude whatever but he like actually has an understanding of like this the technology we have this is the technology that we are fucking creating and this is what we're gonna be able to do with it i love plus the man knows what it's like to look at things underwater he loves going into submarines. This is true. Like his, he's marrying his like love for like <laughs> oceans and underwater filming and research and like science fiction movies. Like, mm-hmm. I just love that this seems like such a big passion project for him. Um, but it also seems like Avatar. Like even as a sequel, you watch this trailer and it looks like something that like I could bring my friends to or like somebody could bring their kids to without having seen the first one and still like enjoy it and take it for like at face value what it is. You know. Well, we've already got our IMAX 3D tickets, so we're there with you, Jimmy C. Um, well, as we know, we already mentioned like the abundance of of money that Avatar One made worldwide over two and billion, and it still made more money because they released it like so many times. Like this year, it made more money. But that film came out all the way back in two thousand nine, and uh, other movies also came out in two thousand nine that made less money, but still a lot of money. But did they re-release them to make more money? Um, I think some of these have gotten re-releases. Um, over time. But, but did any get re-released this year, like over the summer? No. Just another way they've fallen short. <laughs> of the Avatar bar. Of Awa, standard. the deity of the Navi. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do, Ryan, is uh, I'm going to, for this next game, I'm going to see if you can correctly guess the order of the top ten. And really, we know that Avatar is number one, so it's really like numbers two through ten of the top ten worldwide box office grossing uh films from 2009 okay so you have to think all the way back what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna give you the uh the movies in a random order okay and then you have to slot them where you think they go in the in the two through ten list okay but this is like the tiktok challenge where you like i'm slotting them you know one through ten but i can't change the order you mean i can't so, change my answers <laughs> once i give you a movie and you say like i think that's number six if I give you another movie that you think is probably number six, you got to go like number five or number seven instead. Okay. Okay. So what you're saying is we're doing the 2009 box office, but I can't change my answers. Yes, exactly. Or as we as we wrote it on the episode outline, 2009 box office top ten TikTok style. Number one Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that you're starting off with that. That's a freebie. Can you just for bonus points though? Can you tell me the total worldwide gross of box office uh, of Avatar? The current. Total worldwide gross? I don't know what if this is like to date or if this is just from 2009. Uh, it's something like, what, 2.6 billion? It's 2,743,577,589. Dang, I was over $100 million off. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty significant. Okay. Okay, Ryan, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Let me think back to 2009. How old was I then? What was that? Well, I'm going to tell you the movies. I know, but I'm just trying to put my mind in the headset of like, hmm. I guess that'll help too. I think I, what was, I was like in eighth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. In yeah, I think eighth. Yeah, I think I was in, well, let's see. My freshman year of high school was 2010, 2011. So I was in seventh grade. Oh, so I would have been in eighth grade. I remember I'm a year seeing older. Avatar like three or four times in theaters. Which is wild. Well, I remember seeing it once in theaters and thinking like at the midway point, like, Oh, they're wrapping it up and leaving it on a cliffhanger. But no, then it kept going. It kept going <laughs> all the way. 
Um, cause Avatar, the thing was like, I didn't see it that many times in theaters, like just me, like wanting to see that, like watch the movie again. I remember a big part of it was like bringing, like, you got to come see this movie. Like it was a big word of mouth movie. Uh. Like you got to take the parents to see it. You got to take the grandparents to see it. Like everyone's going to love it. And so it was like going to rewatch it, like with different people every time. That's what like racked up the numbers. Okay. Sorry. Game is starting. The Game first time. movie that you have to slot is the classic follow-up to the Da Vinci Code. This is Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons? That made the top ten? It did make the top ten worldwide box office. I guess that's, like, why they made a third one. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've seen this movie. So, I don't know. If that's not going to help me at all. Um, okay. Uh, it's so hard because, like... It's not number one. Well, yeah, I know that. Um, <laughs> it's hard because, like, I'm thinking... Like, I don't have a frame of reference to know what other movies, like, would be on this list. So, I'm just going that's in blind. That's the challenge. Um, <laughs> the TikTok challenge. Just, you can't change your answer. I can't change my answers. Um, I don't think it's like in the top five. Definitely in the bottom five. Uh, I think maybe eight. I'll go eight. I'm locking it in. Okay, you're locking in Angels and Demons at number eight. Okay, I'm going to give you the next movie. Here we go. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Oh, this is... It, uh, I feel like I'm going to kick myself because I'm going to get it wrong. But I'm, I'm going to... It's a Harry Potter movie. It's toward the end. This one was rated PG, unlike some of the previous ones. So Half Blood Prince, I thought was PG thirteen. No, mm-hmm. this one's only PG. Yeah, interesting. Four and five were PG thirteen, but and then six they went was down PG, to P- and then just, seven and eight are, are PG thirteen. So I think this one, like maybe more families can go. So I'm gonna say two. All right, lock it in on your list, and I'll give you the next movie. Here we go. The next film on the top ten worldwide box office from 2009 is Sherlock Holmes. The Robert, the Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. one. Yeah, that's right. I do remember having a good time seeing that in the theater. I think it made more money than Angels and Demons. I was surprised to see this in like the top ten, but I guess it makes sense. Like, people I think it made really more money and it got a sequel. than uh, Angels and Demons. I'm going to say seven. Just a little bit more money than Number Angels seven? and Demons. All right. Okay, here's the next one. The Twilight Saga. New Moon. That was a huge movie. People love those Twilight movies. <sighs> Ooh. This is tough now. Um, okay. I put Harry Potter at two. Um, I'm going to say five. New Moon is at five. Put New Moon at five? Okay. The teenage girl bucks speak loud. Okay. The next entry in the top ten box office from 2009 is Disney Pixar's Up. Up. That got a Best Picture nomination. Um, I don't think it... I'm going to put it... I have number six still open. I'll put it at six. Up at six. Because right. it, it wasn't like a huge six. grocer. So which numbers do you still have? You have three, I have three, four, right? Three, four, nine, and ten. Okay, interesting. So two in the top five and then two uh-huh. the very bottom. Yes. All right. The next entry on the list is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Directly beneath the enemy scrotum? No way! We were just talking That's about that. That's the most that. line of all of John Turturro's career. I honestly hate that movie. On one hand, nobody fucks with the Jesus. On, on the other hand, directly <laughs> believe enemies <laughs> grow. <laughs> Stupid. The fact that it was like in such an intense scene, too. Oh my god. Um. Those movies made a lot of money. Falls on the list. It's not a nine or ten. It's a three or four. Uh, I don't want it to be three, so I'm putting it at four. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Ryan, the next entry, we were in 2009. This was only three years away. They had to make a a uh, prediction disaster film. It's 2012. 
2012. Oh, everyone saw this movie. I don't think it's three or nine or ten. I think I fucked up. Um. <laughs> do you think it's more likely to be closer to three? Or do you think it's more likely to be closer to nine and ten? I was thinking six. And that's kind of like in between nine and three. So I'm fucked. <laughs> um, I'll put it at nine. 2012. I don't think that's this right, This is the though. problem, Ryan. This is exactly the point of the I can't challenge. change my you answers! Can't change your answers! <laughs> Alright, we already had... Now we're running into problems with the random number generator. It's the same thing that happens with the TikTok filters. No, we already got that one! We already got angels demons! I need number 3 or 10. Just we already got New Moon. Whatever 3 and 10 are. We already got Harry Potter. We already got angels and demons. Just choose one of the two that are left. <laughs> I forget which ones are left. I, I can um, tell you what I've gotten. Oh yeah, okay, I know what they are. Okay. I'm just going to randomly pick one. Okay, the next one is The Hangover. <gasps> the movie classic, that launched my nemesis's career. comedy. Some people might say this is like the launch of the comedy renaissance in 2009. This movie was a huge hit. I'm, At least the R-rated raunch com. I'm not surprised that this is in the top 10 because this movie was freaking huge in I 2009. Mean, I was in like... But I, it is an R-rated comedy, it so it's like that but is I knew, limiting. On I the, knew people my age that saw it. But I don't think enough people saw it to make it the third highest grossing movie. <laughs> so I'm going to put a 10 because that's what I have left. But I'm probably I'm pr it's probably number 9 or 8 in my assumption. But it's going to 10 because that's what I got left. Okay, and last goes Ryan in third is another franchise flick. We've got Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Oh, Ice Age 3. I actually saw that one in theaters. Um, It's fine. It's going in third place because that's what I have left. There you go. You can't change your I can't answers. Change my answers. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do, Ryan. You have your list two through ten. I've I have the I put, real list. I put two Avatar through 10. in there, so one through ten. We're gonna go. Well, I we know you point. got that one. Okay, that's a free point. That's yes. one point. <laughs> I think I was gonna try and figure out a scoring system where like you could get like an extra point or a half point for, for like having it close to the right spot. But I think we got to go all or nothing. It's all or nothing because I'm already getting the free Avatar. Okay, so you point. got one point for Avatar, and then we'll go one by one through the list, two through ten, and see if you've got everything in the right spot. So, Ryan, what did you? have in your number two slot uh harry potter six and that is correct nice harry potter and the half blood prince is the second highest grossing film worldwide of 2009 with a total gross of around 933 million so already like 933 million to 2 billion that's already like a huge drop off i didn't realize that movie made one that much two. money it's a ton of money worldwide i mean but like that's still i didn't know that's that a movie significant was close drop to a too. billion that's crazy that's yeah it's pretty close all right What'd you have in third place, Ryan? Uh, Ice Age 3. That's also correct. Ice Age Giant of the Dinosaurs is the third that was highest grossing the last film slot I had. 886 million. No wonder they made like five of those movies. Yeah, they made so <laughs> many. All right, Ryan, what was that? You got your three for three so far. Good know, job. Right? All right, what'd you have in your number four slot? Uh, Transformers 2. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen? Yes. That is also correct. What? No way. Number four is Transformers Render the Fallen with 836 million. That's crazy. Let's see. Did you run it all the way? I'm nervous. I don't think do I think? did. What do you think? I don't. I think I put 2012 too low. All right. What did you have in your number five spot? Uh, New Moon. That is incorrect. No. The number five. You did put it too low. It's 2012 with 769 million. Fifth place? Fifth place. I would never have put it in the top five. Even if I had those slots open. So that means New Moon's gotta go... So I've gotten two wrong at least now. Yeah, that's how it works. It's once you displace one. Because I got fucked. Yeah. Okay. I am a little surprised that 2012 beat what ends up being the number six entry. What did you have at number six? Up. Number six is up. Oh, let's go. With 735 million. 
Dang, I thought New Moon made more money than it did. All right, and what'd you have at number seven? Uh, Sherlock Holmes. So number seven is actually Twilight Saga New Moon with seven hundred nine okay. million. And what'd you have at number eight? Angels and Demons. That's probably nine. Huh? That one's actually Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Five hundred twenty-four million. Then number nine is Angels and Demons, four hundred eighty-five. And you had twenty twelve there. Yeah. And then what'd you put at number ten? The Hangover. The Hangover is number ten, four hundred sixty-nine million. So you got oh. the first four, number six, and number, and number 10. ten. So six. Six out of ten. You you Let's passed. Go. Well done. I passed. D. It's a D. A D is <laughs> passing. Let's go. Well, I was thinking more passing in the sense of like a like a vote. Like Over you have to under, get more than half. Like by plurality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. No, it's like a it's like a um con- congressional vote, right? They have to get like fifty oh, percent okay. plus one. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, well, I did that. So I'm a congressman now. But you were also so close on these. Like the tw- like I guess like Twilight was your biggest fuck up because you put that at yeah. five, right? But, but I think having like Sherlock and Angels and Demons only like one spot away, uh huh. You just shifted everything. Pretty solid. That's crazy. Well done. I can't believe you got four in a row. That's impressive. Well, I feel like I would have fucked up the top half. Like I would not have expected Ice Age to be n- number three. No, at all. Ice Age. I would have put. Bank. I would have put up higher than Ice Age. But I guess it doesn't make sense because Up never got a sequel and Ice Age got like seven. Yeah, where's Up 2? <laughs> Carl's Revenge. I know, it needs to happen. <laughs> up 2 and Ratatouille are like, come on Pixar, what are you doing? They finally gave us a Ratatouille ride at Epcot. They let you ride on the back of a Mighty Akron in the world of Pandora at Disney World. How come I can't ride on the back of Kevin? The weird animal from Up. I mean, sure. It's a mom. I want a Doug interactive Oh, like Turtle uh, Talk, engagement. but Doug... And it's actually just where I get to go pet a golden retriever for like an hour <laughs> at Disney World. They I feel like that it, would, I would enjoy that a lot. Uh, what would they call it? Doug's daycare. That's fun. And he watches the kids, but it's just a puppy playpen with kids. <laughs> so unruly. There's no adults. It's eighty <laughs> toddlers and one golden retriever, and it's just pure chaos. And the parents just like, okay, I'm gonna go drink. I'm gonna drop my kid off. Have fun with Doug, sweetie. Which one's Doug? It's fucking Lord of the Flies. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Fun. Well, thanks for playing, Ryan. You did well. Thank you. I tried you. my best. No one can top your box office knowledge other than like... Wikipedia. Actual box office yeah, analysts, absolutely. maybe. I'm just a protege of the people I watch on YouTube. You guys don't watch box office analysis on YouTube? Just me? Guess so. <laughs> Alright, on to our next trailer. We're talking about... Creepy girl boss Chucky. This oh, is Mathrigan. Megan, directed by Gerard Johnstone, is coming to theaters January 6th. A January horror movie, you know I'm interested. I'm uh, usually <laughs> never. Stars this one's different. Allison Williams, Violet McGraw. Is that Tim McGraw's like, daughter? Granddaughter? It's the little girl. Uh, Ronnie Chang and Brian Jordan Alvarez. Um, the plot of this, you might have guessed, very similar to like a Chucky Child's Play situation. We've got this lifelike android doll. Um, her name is Mathrigan. Megan with an with a three instead of an E, and it's like model three something Android, Android. generation. Um, sure, generative something like that. Allison Williams is playing, I think, this young girl's like aunt or, her, or like older some sister. kind of relative that is taking care of Violet McGraw's character after her parents pass away, and she's like this AI like scientist researcher, and it's like, hey, I'm working on this doll that's supposed to be like the perfect friend. She's a robot. She comes to life. She plays with you. She dances with you. Like maybe she can keep you company because this girl's like depressed, obviously because her parents are fucking dead. Uh, so she needs obviously a robot best friend to help her cope. Um, obviously, 
But then we see, you know, after a confrontation at the dinner table, uh, Alison Williams is like, hey, turn it off, Megan. We don't need that. And she's like, I thought we were having a conversation. Megan goes fucking girl boss alive (laughs) and, uh, you know, starts killing kids that are like picking on uh, Violet McGraw's character. And uh, maybe, yeah, posing some serious like bodily harm to some people. But at one point she's breaking into like an office. I'm assuming that she breaks free from like the office of like the lab or whatever and she's like killing her way out to like protect violet like that is her like mission is to protect this girl like i'm never gonna let harm come to you and her mission is to like you know this bully picks on you so i'm gonna like push him in front of a truck and kill him or whatever um so it feels very child's play-esque i especially the remake with uh avi plaza yeah the remake of child's play just came out a couple years ago and i actually really enjoyed it i think it kind of got like dismissed a little bit but it was a good like 21st century revamp of the story where like Chucky was using this technology, like this kind of like hive mind of all of the doll. Like it was a cool like adaptation. I enjoyed it. I thought it was like good marrying this like idea behind where Chucky came from with like the 21st century. This feels very similar to that, except they're like, like I have said multiple times, like girl bossifying it. And the ossification um, of Chucky. It is. It tr- literally is the ossification of Chucky. That is how I would describe it. That's already what I planned to write for my letterbox reviews. So <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but it actually, my favorite thing about this trailer is less, like, inherent in the trailer. Like, okay, it seems like I can't be, like, January horror movie. And it's coming from the people that did, like, Malignant. So, you know, it's going to be, like, fun. Balls to the wall crazy. Um, but I think the thing I love more than about than the movie itself or the trailer itself is, like, the memes. And, like, that there's, like, now a gif of, like, Mithrigan dancing I on love Twitter. her dance. She's it's like, so good. She's a TikTok star. It's like, uh, she's got, like, no bone. She's just, like, yeah, floppy. It's amazing. Like, and Wild also she's like now moves. like in Twitter beef with Chucky, like the Chucky account, because Chucky now also has like the show on sci-fi. So like those accounts good. are beefing now. It's very funny to me. And I'm just, I'm invested in the meme, but I'm also invested in Megan and like, I want to know what her story is. And I want to know, really, I do want to know what separates this from like the story of Chucky or the story of whatever, like doll come to life that is now like a killer like, what brings Mithrigan to, like, the higher plane of existence? Is it just, like, meme ability? Because if so... I'm here for it. It's working. <laughs> it's fucking working. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I don't know if there's much else to say about this trailer. It looks crazy, but it also looks like can't be fun. And, you know, we're here for that. Yeah. It's interesting that this is, like, a director's first film. Um, Gerard Johnson, this is his directorial debut. But also, I'm like... What a great place to start. Like, I think any movie he tries to make now in the future, is gonna be, we're going to look back and be like, oh, this is the Mithrigan guy? I'm interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless Mithrigan's, like, complete shit. It could be really bad. Like, I guess that's a part of the, like, reality that, like, I don't want to invest in is, like, that this is, like, just a ripoff and, and bad. Uh-huh. But, I mean, Alison Williams is a good actress. Like, she's great in Get Out. Like, it's going to be hard uh-huh. to watch this movie and, like, root for her when I'm, like, you're the fucking racist bitch that tried to kill Daniel Kaluuya. But, She's you know. also in uh, HBO's Girls. Oh, I haven't seen that show. I think I've watched, like, two or three seasons, but I don't remember a lot of yeah. it. Because I watched it years ago. And it's about, it's, it's you know, it's sex in the city, but younger people. Millennial, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's a good actress, so, like, I'm interested. But also, like, I thought Lauren Cohan was a good actress, and then I saw The Boy, and I was like, this is not a good horror movie. Mm, but I do like The Boys on Amazon well, Prime. Well, that's a totally different situation. Well, that's the first thing I thought. Oh, is that Brahms the Boy 2? Yes, that's the first one. Oh. Where he's living in the walls. Didn't we see it together? I feel like you were there with me when we watched that. I've never seen that movie. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. 
did I go by myself to watch The Boy? That's depressing. <laughs> Somebody had to be with me. I feel like that movie's from like Somebody 2009. I feel no, like it's, it's not. Old. It's like just came out a couple years ago. No, it's Brahms The Boy 2 just came out a couple years ago. That was like last year, right? The and, Boy. But it's like one of those weird horror sequels like Orphan First Kill. It's from 2016. Out. See, like 20, 2009. Exactly what I said. That's not the same. <laughs> I can't believe it. I never saw The Boy. But I'm glad you did, I guess. Uh, okay, enough about the boy. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the girl, a.k.a. Mithrigan? Oh, Mithrigan? I love Mithrigan. Okay, great. Well, speaking of things that came out in, like, 2009. Uh, Fair. Puss in Boots got a sequel. I think Puss in Boots 1 came out DreamWorks in 2011. DreamWorks is still making movies? No. DreamWorks makes good movies. Okay, actually. they have, like, they have the Trolls movies. That's, like, a big, like, well, money I'm not a fan right of now. Those. They're fine. I'm just thinking, like, what's relevant for DreamWorks right now? Like, Trolls um, is big. The They just had a, The Bad Guys, which was a big hit. Okay, Bad, bad Guys was a hit, yeah. And then, like, they're going to make money off of, like, Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda and, like, Shrek They're making forever. Kung Fu Panda 4. They're making 4, and it's going to be a series, right? Isn't isn't there a series going to Netflix? I feel I like I saw Jack did a, do TikToks about it. They already it. did a Netflix show. Oh, um, But, yeah, DreamWorks characters, like, are all over, like, Netflix and Hulu, like, shows. So, like, that's fine. Um... Also, the How to Train Your Dragon movies, just like their oh, trilogy just Dragon ended. Is supposed to be good, yeah. um, they're all I really seen good. Any of them? Oh, they're so good. Honestly, I, I recommend them all. We should just have a marathon right now. Sorry, right. Puss in Boots. All right, we'll be back. So that wow, How to Train Your Dragon is really good. I love when they learned how to train the dragon. Well, that was only at number one. <laughs> and yeah, why are they all called that then? It's like Avatar, you know? They're not really... It's just the name of the franchise. Okay, gotcha, 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 okay. Did you like it when they went to the hidden world in How to Train Your Dragon, colon, the hidden world? Oh, yeah, that was great. And I loved when the they, third one. That is the third one? Oh, I loved the second one. Oh, when they... How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah, when they learned to train their dragon. <laughs> how to Train Your Dragon... Why isn't it called How to Train Your Dragon? They missed opportunity. It's too late now. We can't fix it. Um, But you know what we can't fix... The fact that we're supposed to be talking about Puss in Boots, okay. The Last Wish. Oh, yes. DreamWorks answered to Logan. <laughs> Whatever that fucking <laughs> I saw a review that legit is comparing this movie in the DreamWorks like Shrek franchise to like Log- how Logan was in the X-Men franchise. That's crazy. I mean... It's, crazy talk. It's I mean, just Antonio Banderas as a cat. But it's his last life, Tyler. I guess. Like, I just like it was Logan's it, I last life. I don't see it. I, can't, I, I I agree with you. Um, but this movie is directed by Joe Crawford. Joel. Joel Crawford, yeah. <laughs> you, you, this man cut off his L. Joe Crawford? Who the fuck is that? Wait, I thought I said Joel. I'm sorry. <laughs> no disrespect, Mr. Crawford. Uh, of course, you made great films like uh, The Lego Movie 2, which is not a DreamWorks movie, but you did uh, the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. All of them? All three. I have seen all three of those. They're all very Oh, good. I haven't seen the third one. Oh. Should we stop and watch it right now? Yes, we should. Okay. Whoa, that movie's just like How to Train Your Dragon the Hidden so World. So what did you think about Kung Fu Panda 3? Was it funny the 11th time Jack Black said skadoosh? Dude, when he yeah. said skadoosh, <laughs> I think I cracked up. Oh my God. You know what I'm looking, I'm looking forward, forward to? to That's what I'm looking forward to about Puss in Boots The Last Wish for sure. Oh, but also Mr. Crawford, uh, he directed Shrek Forever After. Oh, okay. That was like the redemption of the Shrek franchise. It was. And then they made Puss in Boots 1 after that, but this guy didn't direct it. I don't think... Okay, so I think... I know I saw all the Shrek movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I might not have watched 3 and 4 in theaters. I might have or just seen those like at another point on DVD or something. I definitely never saw the 
first Puss in Boots movie, but I remember like seeing trailers and stuff for it. Uh-huh. But I feel like I had felt that like, I was like, I was over Shrek at that time in my life. Like I remember seeing Shrek One and Shrek Two in theaters. Like I was super yes. into it, and then I feel like by the time Puss in Boots came around, I was like over it. You know what I mean? I think I'm the same way, but I actually ended up seeing Puss in Boots a couple of years ago. Uh, it was on Netflix or something. Um, the one thing I do remember about Puss in Boots One. Uh, not from the time I saw it, but from when it came out, was I had a friend who went and saw it in the theaters, and he came back and he was like, Puss in Boots, so good, dude. <laughs> He's like, there's this one cat that goes, ooh, I love that cat. I don't remember why I remember my friend Luis really liked that cat. I love that. But that's like a core memory in my brain for some reason. So, And I saw that one cat that he was talking about. It's in the trailer. It has a cameo in Puss in Boots oh, 2. So, Luis, get your Luis ass had, what, to Puss Why did you Boots? get Luis to guest star? He would have been perfect to talk to us. I haven't talked to Luis since we graduated high school. You should have just messaged him. It's like those messages people get from high school where like to join their MLM, but it's like, come be a guest on my podcast for free. Um, But anyway, this movie stars Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, uh, Harvey Guillen, Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winstone, and John Mulaney. Quite the cast, if yeah, I do incredible. say. I also did see in a, another unhinged Puss in Boots tweet that said that this movie contains the best performances of the year from Florence Pugh and Olivia Coleman, which I think is a bonkers thing to say. When Florence Pugh has the new movie Wonder and Olivia Coleman has the new movie Empire of Light, which are both like Oscar Beatty films, what? And saying that they're best performances of the year in this fucking movie. Well, her, maybe it's better than Don't Worry Darling, but her performance in Don't Worry Darling is really good. I think it's the best part of the movie, so yeah. I'm, I would be shocked that her, uh, what seems to be like a glorified cameo as Goldilocks turns into like... Oh, she's Goldilocks? Yeah. That's you didn't recognize her voice? You didn't recognize Florence Pugh's voice? She says, I'm gonna wish for everything to be just right. I was enthralled <laughs> by the story. Okay, to be fair, we're ki- I'm kind of like poking fun at this ironically, but... For some reason, this movie has incredibly good both critics and audience reviews. I'm excited for this movie. And so I don't know, like, if it's just all tongue-in-cheek and all talk, or if it's, like, somehow a really good animated movie, or, like, somewhere in the middle, maybe? I have no idea. Okay. As someone who, like, to think, who likes to think of themselves as, like, a connoisseur of animation, I'm actually really excited for this movie. It's doing some weird things with its style. It's you like, could see this being, like, a trash animated movie that, like, just gets dumped to Netflix, and it could have, like, the same title and the same trailer and everything, right? Like, well, is that not, is there not a world where this movie is, like, garbage? There is, but, like, the Like, fact- the first time I saw this trailer, I was like, okay, this is, like, a cash grab from but DreamWorks that's gonna be bad. that there already was a cash grab from DreamWorks and there's a whole Netflix series about Puss in Boots and it has spinoff movies and the animation looks so so much worse. And the story of those, I've like, there's a Netflix interactive Puss in Boots game that I played. Um, (laughs) You played? (laughs) I turned it off because it's very long and I was not having fun. It's like Bandersnatch where you just kept looping to the same scene. It's like Bandersnatch. But I didn't have fun with it. But this looks like something I'll have fun with. It's like a weird hybrid mix of like the old Trek animation and like they're trying to do more like 2.5 stuff like Spider-Verse or the bad guys. Like 2.5D animation. Yeah. Um, but like it looks like it's meant to mimic a storybook. You know, like those classic like uh, pictures you'll see in like a Grimm's Fairy Tales book where like things don't really have definition. They kind of blend together, but that's like a stylistic choice. Um, but uh, enough about that. We need to talk about the plot of this film. This is the first movie that takes place after Shrek Forever After, Tyler. Wow. Puss in Boots 1 was a prequel. prequel. 
Puss in Boots 2, a sequel. I mean, wow. you could tell it, it's twos in the name. But, um, so Puss is on his last life. You know how cats have nine lives, Tyler? Yeah. This is life number nine. Oh my gosh. And he's decided, I'm going to take it easy. I got to go to a retirement home. Um, so he like goes to live with this old lady and a bunch of cats and one dog who's disguised as a cat because he wants to live the good life in the retirement home, which is a good joke. There's not a retirement home for dogs? But the cat retirement home, maybe it's nicer. It doesn't seem like he likes it all that much. You have to poop in this like shitty litter box. Well, Puss doesn't like it, but I think the dog does. Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> Puss yearns for adventure. And when he sees the shooting star fall, he goes, I can make a wish on that. And he wants to go get his lives back or something. So he teams up with Selma Hayek's character uh, from the first Puss in Boots movie. Okay, I was wondering if she was a returning character. Yes. It seems like she is. She's like, was yeah, she was his partner in the first movie. Uh, and they're going to go and travel to find this star but along the way a bunch of other other fairy tale villains are coming which is like classic Goldilocks and the three bears and then like this other wolf guy it's not the same wolf from the Shrek franchise it's very different it's not a drag wolf it's not um this wolf has like curved swords what are those stickles yeah and he's like coming for puss and But Puss, he's got his sword, he's got a clean shave, and he's got a new lease on life. He's got to get to the star to get the last wish. And that's the point of this movie. And I'm actually kind of excited to see this film. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? I know, I mean, I mean, you told us what you think, but like now that I've described the plot. It's an interesting plot. You know, I, I think some of the magic of Shrek was this like blending of all these fairy tale characters and giving them like kind of new life, like... Oh, Goldilocks, instead of being this, like, my little girl is going to be this, like, vengeful, like, bounty hunter. Or exactly. Like, it's that kind of stuff is trick. fun. Um, but I don't know. I think something about it feels like my adult brain and my child brain are, like, disconnected about this movie. Like, Interesting. I, I don't see a world in my adult brain where this movie is made and is, like, good, but my child brain is, like, could I watch it and just enjoy the characters and, like, enjoy it for what it is and, like, have a good time. So I feel like I need to just, like, see it, process it, and and, you know. Figure out how I feel coming out of it. I mean, that's how I felt about, like, the first Lego movie, and it's a masterpiece. The first Lego movie is really good. Lego movie 2 is not that good, though. But so that, like, causes me concern. Because he directed it? And not just because he directed it, but because it's like, you have something good. Like, Shrek is Shrek. It holds up pretty well. But can you do it again? You know what I mean? I mean, he did Shrek 4, which is pretty good. But it's not near as good as, like, the first two. So then it's like, can you do that again? I think this movie will be better. It's like a copy of a copy of a copy. And, like, can it turn out? And you know what is funny about that phrase is that when you do that, the image seems to distort and change. And the animation style has changed. Yeah. It's exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. That's what I meant. But in a good way. It was a multi-layered analogy, for sure. Exactly. Um... Well, Tyler. I will say a bright spot of this for me is Antonio Banderas's uh, voice acting. I think there is no better character to play Bussin' Boots. He's flawless. Exactly. Um, and it's crazy that he was Oscar nominated like a couple years ago and now he's doing this. Well, I mean, he was. I love that for him. He was in Doolittle like two years ago. That's also true. So, like. <laughs> That's also true. He went from uh, Pain and Glory to Doolittle to Bussin' Boots. This is his redemption from Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. There you of go. Of course, of course. Okay. Um, well, Tyler, I'm a, I'm optimistic about this movie. It seems like you're cautiously optimistic. Uh, but I'd say that's that's fair. We all know we're like 
how can you not be a fan of this franchise? It's it's iconic. It's, it's iconic. Exactly. All Star, and they know what they're doing too because they use Smash Mouth All Star in the trailer. Like they know they're like trying to get that millennial Shrek loving crowd like back in theaters, even though it's not like. And isn't Shrek Five? I thought Shrek Five was also supposed to be happening at Shrek some point. Five has been in development hell for years. Um, but they know what they're trying to do to like revamp and like get you back into the theaters for these characters, even if it's not like Shrek himself or Donkey. But it's Puss. It, it's Puss. You know, it's like Shrek, Donkey, it's like Puss. Where's know. Fiona? I would I would honestly rather see a standalone Gingy film, <gasps> but that's just me. I feel like Gingy, That's just me. Gingy's in this trailer. He is. They're bringing back all your old favorites. Gingy, Selma Hayek cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Harvey Guillen's dog, too. I think he seems funny. Oh, is he the dog? Yeah. That's very fun. I like that Do you lot. not know what these people sound like? <laughs> You're like, all these people are in this movie. I don't know who's playing who, though. I guess Salma Hayek's Puss in Boots, or I don't know. <laughs> well, the the Wikipedia page already has the plot, and I didn't want to, like, get yeah, spoiled. That's fair, that's fair. So I just went in there real quick and got out. Went in real quick and got out. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. Real quick, get out. But, um, you know something we want to stick around for a long time is in the Shrek franchise, Tyler. Absolutely. So, I've put together a short trivia quiz to test your knowledge of one Shrek... My Shrek IQ. Your Shrek Q. Oh, okay. It's like GQ, but for Shrek. Okay. Welcome to Shrek He's Quarterly. It's cover of Shrek Q. <laughs> there are uh, six trivia questions here, Tyler, about Shrek and Shrek-related properties. Great. Are you ready to test your metal? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. All right. Um, I'll. There are multiple choice questions, but if you want a little bonus, you can try to figure out the answer before yeah, I yeah, give yeah, you yeah. them. Of course. All right. First question. In related, it's related to Shrek the Third. I'm really interested to see how deep these trivia questions. Will some be. are pretty deep. Some like, are is it just like basic. plot points, or is it like? According to IMDb, on the 60th day of production, Shrek 3. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Um, how are Fiona and Arthur related? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I gotta remember. I feel like Shrek the 3 is the one that I know the least. Because it's the worst one. Arthur is like the um, He's like, Justin Timberlake yes. character, right? Are they cousins? They are cousins. Okay. That's correct. That Matt seems right to me. Okay. Um... Which Shrek film features the voice talents of Guillermo del Toro? Oh. Director Guillermo del Toro. I don't think it's either of the first two. I'm going to have to say that might be Shrek 4. It's actually Puss in Boots 1. Oh, okay. The yeah. one that I haven't seen. It's canon. Okay. <laughs> of course, you know, it's it's a milestone in Latino representation in film. So, Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, and Guillermo del Toro. And Zach Galifianakis. Incredible. Well hate that guy sure <laughs> all right tyler you're one for two so here's question three seeing if he can get that into a positive plus you know 51 plus okay what is the name of the shrek christmas special oh isn't it shrek the halls it is shrek the halls okay. good job obvious but wait i just want to read my fake answers for this because it was fun to make them there's a, a christmas shrektacular Okay. Or that's good. the night before Shrekmas. <laughs> the other options. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been good. Um, I mentioned this earlier. There's a Puss in Boots Netflix show. Okay. How many seasons does it have? You want the multiple choice? Yeah, I'll take multiple choice. Four, five, or six. Oh, I was gonna guess two. Interesting. <laughs> um, I will say four. Uh, actually, it's six. Oh, darn it! 
plus the, the interactive game. There's six seasons? How long are the seasons? I don't know. I'm not watching that show. Oh my god. Do you think I have to watch it all to be ready for The Last Wish? No. Okay. I, I don't even know if you have to watch the first Puss in Boots movie, to be honest. <laughs> you just roll up to the theater, like, totally decked out in Puss in Boots merch. <laughs> Dude, you, like, get all these Puss in Boots, like, outfit for Christmas, <laughs> and then you show up on December 25th at, like, 5 p.m. wearing your Puss, like, uh, slippers and beanie. <laughs> One ticket for which movie? <laughs> uh, Mithrigan. <laughs> Sorry, it's not out yet. Okay. Um, I think you got that one wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I next did. question. Uh, what are the name of Shrek and Fiona's children? There are three of them. Oh, I'm not gonna know this. You want the multiple choice? Yeah, I'll take the multiple choice. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Okay, there's Craig, Krampus, and Carla. Or is it Greg, Gregory, and Georgia? Or Fergus, Farkle, and Felicia? Oh, it's the third one. It's the Fs. It is Fergus, yeah. Farkle, and Felicia. That's right. Nice. All right. Farkle. I know, right? What kind of name is Farkle? It's a dice game. <laughs> I used to play Farkle, like, on the computer or something. It's like a it's like a Bunko or something like that. Yeah. All right, Tyler, last question. And it's only tangentially Shrek-related. I think this one might be the hardest question. Oh, God. It, which DreamWorks kart racing video game does Shrek appear in that is not a Shrek video game? Is it Kung Fu Panda Karts, Madagascar Karts, or The Crudes Karts? Hmm. I feel like the most direct parallel would be between Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. I can't imagine him being in a Madagascar or a Crude's category. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like Mario Kart. Anyone can show up. That's true. That's true. Like they got Link in Mario Kart now. I'm gonna stick with Kung Fu Panda. Sorry, Tyler. The correct answer is Madagascar. No, Madagascar, the Afro Circus. Yes, this that video game also features Bob from Monsters vs. Aliens. <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, I'm glad we all learned a little something about Shrek today. Yeah, I certainly did. Well, I'm disappointed in my performance, but what can I say? I'm still a Shrek lover. I'm still a puss believer. Puss in boots. I want to be a puss believer. Um, but we'll see. I'm a plus boy through and through. That comes out. I honestly think part of me is like a little bit more resistant to see this because it's in theaters. Like if it was on Netflix, I'd put it on no problem. Have you seen any of the show? It's on Netflix. (laughs) You didn't watch it. No problem. (laughs) But I'm not going to watch the show. Are you going to play the interactive game on Netflix? I'm just like, why is there already Puss in Boots content on Netflix? And then it's like, but this movie has to go to theaters. Because this is better. (laughs) Okay, sure. It looks way better, honestly. They put more money into yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I don't think Antonio Banderas even I'm just saying, like, puss in the, the like, show. I'm just saying, the barrier to entry for me to go to the theater to watch a Puss movie, pu- Puss and Boots movie, and the barrier to entry for me to watch a Puss and Boots movie in the comfort of my own home is, like, very different. Well... You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I mean, you can wait, like, They six can months. put it on Paramount+. Plus. It's DreamWorks, so that it would go to Peacock. Boo! This is the anti-Peacock episode. <laughs> but actually, there is a deal with DreamWorks where like their movies show up on Netflix. So like, if you wait like seven months, you can see it on Netflix. Eh, I might end up going to see it. I don't know. <laughs> Part of me is so intrigued by these high reviews that I'm like, is it Logan? Well, I'm definitely going to see like, it. Like a heartfelt like scene where he's like impaled in the forest, and Harvey Guillen's dog is like coming up to him and he goes, "Papa." <laughs> I no, mean, obviously we'll see. not. Puss isn't going to die. Puss can't die. 
You don't think he will? Before Shrek I think 5? he's going to. I don't think that review no. would have said Logan if he doesn't die in the I end. thought it was just because he's old. Because then in the trailer, it's also like, the thing that makes our life special is because we only get one of them. And I but think he has he's, he's going to give up the the last life for somebody else to get their wish. I think that's and the plot of the movie. somebody uses their wish to, to bring Puss back to life. Maybe. And or, then he can be a Shrek Or five. is it just like a depressing, like... Take all these kids to see the movie, and it's just Puss in Boots' death story. And then he's going to heaven, and you realize that's the reason why they haven't made Shrek 5. He sees Shrek and Fiona and Donkey, and they're all dead, too, in heaven. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> that, the season finale of Lost, or the series finale of Lost. It's like that one meme. <laughs> they're like, all in whenever, the Whenever, like, somebody dies, and they're like, it's Karambe greeting them yeah, at the of heaven. <laughs> oh, my God. But Okay. Well... That brings us to the end of this episode, but before Aww. we sign off, Ryan, we do have to answer the questions that we always do at the end of every episode, so please tell me, Ryan, which of the trailers that we talked about today is your favorite, and which movie that we talked about today are you most excited to see? Oh, well, honestly, after our conversation, I'm actually a lot more excited to see Puss in Boots, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say my favorite trailer is actually Mithrigan. I think it's very fun. I really enjoy that trailer, um, and the movie I'm most excited to see I'm really honestly thinking about picking Puss in Boots. Oh my God. I can't. I've got a Civico. I've got a Rise to the Challenge. It's Avatar Way of Water. Uh, most excited to see. My votes fall exactly the same, Ryan. My favorite trailer is actually Mithrigan. I think it's, it's just so the memeability of it is so good. Like that, you know, there can be really great, beautiful, poignant movie trailers that I love and I want to see the film. But if it's, like, memeable on Twitter, that, like, takes it to a truly new level for me. Um, so, Mithrigan is my favorite trailer, but also the movie I'm most excited to see at its heart is Avatar The Way of Water. Can't wait to see what this does to, like, continue to further the, the like, medium of cinema. Um, and I think James Cameron, I just have a lot of trust in his uh, vision and execution for this film. Well, since uh, both those movies only got two points each... There's no plurality. It goes to the next runner-up, winner which is, is Puss, Puss in Boots. Boots. Sure. The last wish. In name only, but I'll take it. I will take it I'll wholeheartedly. I'll allow it. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to uh, connect with us more, uh, we rarely post on Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. Um, but it's we... just another follow. You're not going to hurt your ratio that much. Just drop us a follow. Who cares about ratios? You'll see, You'll see when we upload new episodes. We do post Instagrams for that. And uh, maybe maybe we'll take our shot at like creating some Mithrigan content for Twitter. Oh, if we go viral with a Mithrigan tweet, the world is our oyster. And if you'll see me in New York, walk away. Oh yeah, be sure to Don't catch Ryan on tour in New York City. He'll be hanging out in Times Square and and all the uh, you know tourist places. I'll be at Ellis Island with his wallet in his back pocket. If you want to try. Oh no, that's what they <laughs> warned me New about. Big pocket. <laughs> Well, uh, you can also follow us on Letterboxd. I was in 8th grade walking around Times Square with my wallet in my front pocket like a fucking idiot. That, that, Just because I don't want to get pickpocketed. Who's going to pickpocket a child? Exactly. We were dumb. And I smelled bad. They didn't want to get that close to me anyways. Mm, maybe I just need to smell bad. But no, I want our fans to come and interact. Yeah, come interact. Well, you'll know Ryan because he's in the big, ugly Elmo costume in Times Square. <laughs> yes. That's me. Ask me about... Let's <laughs> go up and say... Where's the puss? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> That's all for this episode of Preview Review. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.